Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. And oftentimes that's all the patient needs, nothing fancier. These are the answers and advice you get when you call the Neuropathy and Pain Center over at 702-257-7246. I urge you guys uh, to call uh, because they do have answers, uh, and Dr. Odell and Dr. Shaw are are there to provide them. Our thanks again to Dr. Odell and Dr. Stephen Shaw from the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. It's the Morning Tailgate Show with Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Damon Cotton. Tailgating. Tailgates. Yeah, tailgating's always a blast. Yeah! It's time to start your Raider football day with the morning tailgate with your hosts, Clay Baker, Vinny Bonsignor, and Heidi Fang. Brought to you by Embajador Tequila and presented by the Realty One Group and Tuscany Suites and Casinos on Raider Nation Radio. Happy July 1st, Raider Nation. Your team is going to be hitting the practice field. What, 18, 19 days? Rookies, yeah. rookies report uh, on 17. July. Yeah, rookies report July 18th. 17 uh, days. The rest of the crew on July 20th, uh, and then it's on. It's 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 on. Um, and right around the corner, the Raiders will play uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars in Canton, Ohio at the Hall of Fame game. August 3rd, I urge Raider Nation, I urge Raider fans, I've, I've been privy to some details uh, the Raiders are going big. They're going strong in Canton, Ohio. Uh, obviously, Cliff Branch uh, finally getting uh, the nod into the Hall of Fame uh, thanks to the work of Mark Davis uh, and a lot of people in the NFL. You know, it's interesting, Heidi, talking to Mark Davis about that. Um, the night that he that Cliff Branch was was finally inducted into the Hall of Fame, or um, he he he. You know, obviously, this was has been almost a lifelong um, uh, uh, process for for Mark to be able to get Cliff into the into the Hall of Fame after years and years of just you know uh, inexplicably being being overlooked. Uh, but he also gave credit to guys like Mean Joe Green and p- players with the Pittsburgh Steelers and opponents of the Raiders um, who went to bat for Cliff Branch. And, and as Mark Davis said. Who knew him better uh, than people that had to defend him or play against him? Uh, and and the fact that and he goes, I'm not sure Cliff would have gotten in without uh, that support that he got from the opponents. And that's I love that because greatness understands greatness. Um, and sure. to, to hear that the bitter rivals from the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and other teams uh, in the in the AFC stood up for for Cliff Branch, I think is a great thing. Yeah, that and. For me, whenever we've gone out to different events and had the opportunity to speak to some of the other alums from the Raiders, like who always stuck out to me, obviously, is a teammate of his, is um, Fred Bolitnikoff. And he had written this letter uh, about Cliff Branch and him getting into the Hall of Fame as though Cliff were here mm-hmm. with us. And it was really touching. I remember that letter and just how he said everybody knew that when you got off the scrimmage and ran, you know, what was going to happen uh, off the line of scrimmage and ran, what was going to happen. But um, the fact that it's posthumous, is, it's hard, I think, for a lot of people because everybody's like, man, it's just, you know, I mean, yeah, it happened. Yeah, it's great. It's exciting. But if he could have just been able to enjoy that moment yeah. while on this earth. No, no doubt about it. Uh, it is bittersweet. 
Mm. Um, I think is the best way to put it. But uh, that's why Raider Nation and there's there's parties being planned. There's a big weekend being planned in Canton, Ohio. It's going to be very silver and black. Obviously, the Raiders are playing in the game. Uh, that always makes it even more special. Um, uh, but uh, but this is Raider Nation's chance to really stand up <clears throat> in place of Cliff Branch because unfortunately, obviously, he can't be there. Uh, but it, it'll be an opportunity for Raider Nation to uh, to really um, express their their love and support. Uh, for somebody that uh, is one of the greats of the organization and one of the greats uh, of the game, but it's literally right around the corner, and I think that that's um, what's so uh, cool about July 1st coming around because this is when practice starts all Mm -hmm. across the NFL. Uh, And we're talking about the Raiders roster where some people think uh, it ranks. Uh, It's, it it doesn't matter. It's all, it's all good. And it's all fun to talk about. Uh, Ultimately it's going to come down to, um, you know, winning football games, (laughs) you know, what happens on the field, you know, and I just think that the combination of, um, you know, what the Raiders have going on in terms of, players that can be game changers offensively and defensively uh, for the first time in a long time. I think the Raiders have multiple players uh, on both sides of the ball that can change the direction of the games. Yeah, and something Damon and I were talking about, <clears throat> you had stepped out for a second during a break, but we were talking about the idea that what McDaniels has done with this offense and how he's worked players in the past. When you look at the Patriots rosters, he's created great rosters, Super Bowl winning rosters out of players that nobody ever heard of that weren't highly touted draft picks. Granted, there were a couple, but there weren't anybody on those rosters that you were looking at and saying that this is the best position grouping I've ever seen, right? And so now imagine that. Imagine that he has taken nobodies that you've never heard of and put them on the field, and now you have Waller and Renfro and um, Devontae, and you have a healthy Jacobs, or you have a McKinnon Drake healthy as well, and how they might interchange all those guys. Um, And the hardest part of me about the question that you proposed earlier, and I had responded to somebody on Twitter who had, uh, I'm going to go back here, uh, Moida Avalos, who said I was tripping because of saying that there are better position groups. But I think the hardest part about... For the skill uh, position. Right, right, for skill players. The hardest part about all of that is the um, Darren Waller. You could look changes things. It does, and you and you could look at and say, okay, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and you know Adam Thielen, great. Very Irv good. Smith, would I trade Irv Smith Jr. for Darren Waller? No. Then you go to the, like the Bengals roster, who's also impressive to me, and you look Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. You know, would you take their tight end? No. Right. And that's the hard part. Uh, but, you know, I think there's a lot of players that you know, could be really great in those position groups. Just thinking about that. Eh. Yeah. Um, I that that's And I think that that's, you know, does that make them the best roster? No, of course not. Um, but I think it's going to win them a lot of football games. And I think that that's what the bottom line uh, is. And as, as Devon brought up, the Miami Dolphins have has a re- they have a really good roster. When you start really looking at their roster, uh, they did a really good job of, of building that team. I give their general manager a lot of credit. Now the key for me, Demond, is, boy, uh, can can Tua take advantage now, especially uh, offensively? I think defensively they're going to be fine. They have been fine. There's been some some hip hiccups, but I wonder how much not having a great offense has hurt that defense over the years too. 
Hey, but we haven't seen what Mike McDaniel is going to be able to do. He's got a new offensive coach, well, a new head coach that's right. an offensive right. genius, Brian Flores. Yeah. I'm not saying that he was checked out on the offensive side of the ball, but he's a defensive coach. Mm-hmm. He had so many different offensive coordinators those first few years in the league. Right. So now he's got that offensive mastermind that's going to, hey, we're going to tailor-made this offense for you. I found I sound like a Dolphins advocate right now, but hey, <laughs> I want to see what Mike McDaniel is going to cook up there with that right. zone run scheme. Yeah. Maybe it's like, hey, man. All you got to do is just hit Tyreek for a couple of slants and let, let just let <laughs> him and Jalen so Waddle. Right? Yeah, exactly. His, that's what happened in Alabama, right? Yeah, his average throw, like he had like the fewest yards, you know, you know, air yards, air yards on his throw right. on his throws this in this past season. So, yeah, Mike McDaniel, they have that information. It's just hey, we know what you do well. You're super accurate, so we don't want you to throw it deep. Hey, nobody wants you to do that. Just let the receivers get that yak. Yeah, and when you talk about Tyreek Hill, that that's like a yak machine. Yeah. <laughs> the way that sounds, that's funny. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a yak machine. But one thing is, if, but you, is. if you think too, just about the fact, this is something that's always been crazy to me. The Tua was taught to throw left-handed, right? But he does everything else right-handed. Imagine if he gave his like actual dominant hand a chance. What that might have been like if he had been trained to use the actual hand that's his dominant hand to train. I think his father, he said, wanted him to do that because he thought it would make him a more uh, uh, a drafted, marketable player coming wow. into the so NFL. Wow, so he really because my brother does everything left-handed mm-hmm. um, except for throw the baseball, throw the football, too, right. um, and, and batting. Yeah. Like, we, we were, my dad was like, he was just like, what what's going on here? Like, you, you're doing everything left-handed, yeah. but you can't throw the ball a lick. <laughs> left-handed like you can't on the other hand you could throw it a mile with your right hand so we figured out that he was everything but that when it came to sports i snowboard and but what you're saying that left-handed you're, you're saying that two, <laughs> ben simmons that, as well maybe he yeah. needs to look into that as well right. <laughs> to, to his dad did that out of a plan mm-hmm. it didn't just naturally happen no he did it out of plan wow yeah he said wow. that during the combine uh, a couple years a couple years back that's yeah. insane yeah that's ins- I wonder if, that, you know, I'd like to see him try to throw it right-handed. I wonder. You know, that's the thing is, like, I wonder if he had been trained with the hand that he right. did everything else with, what right. that would have been like for him as an athlete. Yeah, but DeMond, and DeMond brings up a good point. I think that, um, uh, you know, figuring out a way to uh, to really accentuate what Tua does. And what he does is he's an accurate thrower. You don't need to throw it long. Some, and he will. There will be times when they when they take some deep shots. But more than that, it's it's getting those skill players the ball in stride and allowing them to, to take it from there, Devon. No, that's 100% what that's going to be for the Dolphins. So if you can say, hey, with all that being said, just the roster, and you just say Tua is not going to be the worst quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. Let's say if he's top 20, that roster looks pretty darn good. It does. Like, well, that's what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. If he's even top 20 in the league. Right. And then you take that roster into the hole. Right. Hey, man, that's a pretty darn good roster. And if he doesn't, then it's an indictment on him because... Uh, oh, if he doesn't, uh, Tom Brady's going to come the way he was <laughs> supposed to <laughs> right. last season. Yeah. Well, this this coming season, this is supposed to be Brady's team. If if Tua... Yeah. Um, yeah, and if they still had the, uh, you know, Gronk with the connection... I'm sorry, Vinny, but it cut you off, but no, with no, the no. connection that he had with, with Gronk in that tight end spot, like I said earlier, with Evans and Fournette and um, Godwin, yeah, I think that group would be on fire still. Right, yeah. right. But you you bring up a really good point, Heidi, that uh, when you're talking about skill players, and you, and you start, obviously, with Devontae Adams, um, but then when it ends also with... And Hunter Renfro is very, very good at what he does. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best at what he does. 
Um, and I think he's getting better. He continues to get better. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how he gets utilized by a coach who knows how to utilize um, slot, slot you know, wide receivers in a lot of different ways. Um, because to me, Hunter's just a really good football player. It's, you know, uh, you can throw out where he's lining up and all those types of things. With the ball in his hands, he's really good. Uh, he knows how to get open. He's obviously trusted by uh, Derek Carr. Um, so when you, when you add Adams, Renfro, the the key to it when you're talking about collectively on the, that skill side of things is is Waller. So yeah, would you trade Devonte Adams for Justin Jefferson? M- maybe. Yeah, it would be a wa- it would be I, kind I, of a you want to take youth over it. Yeah. I think Justin Jefferson is going to have a Hall of Fame career. True. And I think he's going to be somebody that can lead a team. I'd love to see a different quarterback in there with them. But think of that if he had a better quarterback. It, than Kirk Cousins right. to work with. And just think about what he has done right. with a guy like that. And to think, I, I, was, I really, really am impressed with everything I've seen out of Justin Jefferson. Same here. They need a bit more of a campaign from him, but like, you know, to be able to compare it right. wholeheartedly against Devontae's. But I think that he's somebody that is just insane with what he right. does on the field. And I all agree. Aspects. I, I love the dude. Uh, but the question is. And uh, we'll throw it out to our, our callers and fans as well. Um, it's either one, it's it's all or nothing. Do you trade them all for the? Do you trade all of the Raiders skill players to the Vikings uh, to go get you know Justin and Adam? Or I just don't like Irv Smith. That's the that's thing. the only one. That's <laughs> the only one because of Darren Waller. Right. I mean Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook to me, you know, has the upper hand. So if he gets, that. yeah, he healthy. Hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Healthy running backs. I mean, yeah. Jacobs have been banged up too. Angry Jacobs, however. Yes. I will take Angry Jacobs any day. I think he's going to be I very angry, angry this year. I love all Angry year. Jacobs. I think he's going to be angry this year uh, all year. Yeah. Uh, it's the morning tailgate show. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Devon Cotton. The grill is still sizzling and the drinks are cold. So let's get back to your morning tailgate with Clay Baker on R&R 920 AM. Going out to the uh, Realty One Group listener line, Raider Mike is on the line. How you doing, Raider Mike? What's up, Paisan? I'm doing good, Paisan. It's uh, a metal Friday, so it sounds right to hear you. Oh, yeah. It's been a while. (laughs) Working a lot. We have the Cuban evasion happening on Fort Myers Beach. All the Cubans come over from Miami and just lay up in all these rental houses. It's going to get wild this weekend. Anyway, that question you have, it's insanity. There's, there's no connection between Justin Jefferson and Derek Carr. I mean, this, this is a match made in heaven. This is this to be one of the most epic things you've ever seen in your life. This can be Freddie and Kenny, Freddie and Clifford. I mean, it's just brace yourself. It's a wild ride. Raider Mike, would you would you trade top from from quarterback to wide receiver, running back room, wide receiver room, tight end room? Would you trade uh, this group of uh, playmakers slash quarterback with the Raiders for any in the NFL? Nope. Hell no. The chemistry between DC and, and DA is it's been sitting on a boiler brewing for eight years. He's called for it. And it's it's about to happen. It's just going to get stupid. <laughs> There's nothing that can stop us. 
there's nobody that can stop us. If our D, our defensive backs can step up, you know, and I think they will. I hope Mullen's okay. I think he is. I think he's been resting. He's ready to rock. Rock us in. It's just going to be beautiful to watch, guys. I do like that. Raider rock. I like that. Yeah, uh, thanks for the call, Raider Mike. And uh, I, I know, um, you know, we have some some uh, uh, Twitter followers who are saying um, this one tweet that I got: uh, skilled players with quarterback group, not trading for anybody. Oh, uh, you know, offensive line. On the other hand, I trade with thirty-one teams. Leatherwood has shown nothing to forecast an upside. We're only praying there. Four years of Parker, and I have zero confidence in him, which I, I totally understand. Jossie, but. Not trying the last name. I forget who it was. Uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know who I was talking to, but somebody had mentioned, go watch the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line last year. It was worse than the Raiders oh, yeah, offensive line. Who went to the Super Bowl? Yeah. Who oh, you waiting for me to say Bengals. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, was like, I thought you were going to say. Help me out, Heidi. Like, yeah, the, the Bengals went to the they, Super they, Bowl. They went there. With a, a really bad offensive line. <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah, and their defense was okay. It wasn't a great defense. Um, that, that's why I'm saying, like, the, the skill players w- that the Raiders have make this team a Super Bowl contending team, even with some of the, their other flaws. What do you? And that's the thing, too, like, when we talk about the chemistry that Mike was just saying there, like, Burrow and Chase. They obviously no have that. doubt. I don't think a lot of people expected that to spark up the way it did right away. Because you're trying to think, oh, Jamar Chase learned a book at the NFL level, but the chemistry from LSU. was right there. And that's why I keep leaning on the Bengals as a position group that I would be like, yeah, I'd trade for them. Except jo- for? Mixon. Yeah, except for the tight end, Hayden Hurst. Huh? Against? Yeah. Oh, who? No, Darren, Darren Waller. Waller. I was kidding. But yeah. yeah, I was like, who? No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. well, help me out, Vinny. You that's start, like, like there's, there's <laughs> players that you would trade individually. Like, would I trade Devontae Adams for Justin Jefferson? I would only because there there's an age disparity there. You're right. going to get more of Justin Jefferson over the years. Yeah. But but if they're like to me they're they're fairly equal. I think actually Devontae Adams is probably better right now. Mm-hmm. Um so so on a one year on in a one year situation probably not. I think I'd rather have Devontae Adams. And then when you when you add in Darren Waller, when you add in um you know uh, Hunter Renfro, when you add in uh, the, the running back room of the Raiders, which I think is pretty darn deep, and then the quarterback, mm-hmm. it, it makes for a very compelling case that this is the best set of quarterback slash skill players in the NFL. Yeah, and that's when you know you get into depth of the running back position. The Raiders are stacked there yes. in a way that if somebody gets hurt, you've got a guy ready. You know, if Jacobs get hurt, J- Jamar, um, Zamir White probably mm-hmm. be ready to go. You know, Kenyon Drake could pick up some of the workload and split it with Brandon Bolden. You got guys that are able to do that. When you go in and look at the running backs right now that, you know, um, you have for the Bengals, it's like if you have Joe Mixon get hurt, Chris Evans, you know, that's where I'm like, is that who's going to pick it up? Is it going to be um, Perrine, who hasn't really panned out in the NFL? It's like you look at that roster and you think about these guys that haven't really been able to pick up more than three and a half yards of carry. You know, it's that's where you become concerned. And granted, like we mentioned, the offensive line has been just – Awful. With the Bengals. And especially, yeah, especially because 
you have a guy like Joe Burrow who has such a quick tick on the way that he's able to make his passes and to pick his uh, you know lanes and where he's going to go with the football, and he's still pretty mobile as well. So when you Very think about mobile. all of those things, and they, they still are exposed as having a terrible offensive right. line, it's like man, you know, yeah. How how See, any other team with any other quarterback might not have survived under that offensive for, line? For me, if we're going collective, um, the 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 Bengals are compelling to me because I'm I'm a big Joe Burrow fan too. I think that when you add him to the equation, much like the Darren Waller thing, mm-hmm. where where that X is where where the Raiders have the edge at tight end over the Bengals, if you're just talking about the weapons, but then when you throw the quarterback uh, into it, man, uh, the Bengals make a really compelling case because yeah. I think Burrow is just just Hayden Hurst so is fun. not anywhere close to touching Darren Waller. Like I think if you're looking at one of those like old uh, '80s ads with everybody holding hands across America, like <laughs> Hayden Hurst is somewhere on the other side of the equator, and Darren Waller is like standing in the middle of America. So he's like uh, in in uh, right New York City. And Hayden, oh, he's farther. Hayden, no, Hayden, Hayden Hurst is like in uh, yeah, Darren Waller is New York City, and um, yeah, I think Hayden Hurst is in Antarctica right now, wow. trying to find his ways. Jeez, out with the the, the, the Hayden uh, hate right here. <laughs> I'm just saying he can't did he, touch. Did he Waller. like? Did he like he uh, blow it. a blow a uh, fantasy league? Oh for you no, I wouldn't even have drafted him. <laughs> When it even drafted him, but yeah, I, I don't think uh, he's anywhere close. Yeah, so that's the, I, the hard part. If I'm if I'm doing the the uh, roster rankings, I'm putting a lot of weight on that. You know, I know that it's one through fifty three, and I'm not losing sight of that. Uh, but I think the the Raiders' um, offensive weapons are so compelling and so good that it, that weighs it uh, in a way that they should be much higher to me than twenty first. It's the Morning Tailgate Show with Vinnie Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Devon Cotton. Now back to Clay Baker with your Morning Tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. It's the so it stops the So we're talking um, 53-man rosters. We're talking about roster rankings. We're talking about the Raiders ranked 21st uh, in ESPN slash Pro Football Focus's rankings of the top 32 rosters. We, we, I think we're pretty clear on the fact that when it comes to the skill position uh, and you throw the quarterback into the equation as well, uh, the Raiders, I mean, you can make an argument to, you know, would you trade that to the Cincinnati Bengals for their skill players? Uh, you know, especially with Joe Burrow, man, that makes for a compelling uh, argument right there. But there's, there's, there's still, it's close. There's, there's certain. Then you're like, okay, but you know, Darren Waller versus their tight end. Uh, you know, you, you you side with Darren Waller, so it's so close that, um, you know, uh, there's no need. There's really no need to go out and say like, boy, the Raiders got to go trade these this whole no. group for that whole group. Trading, no. I mean, we're just being hypothetical yes. here. They're, I don't feel like they have a glaring need on offense for any particular position player. I think they have who they need to be a successful team. Absolutely. And it's what when you when you think of it from a collective sense, it's literally one of the best in the NFL. Period. And it's gonna, I think, help the Raiders win a lot of games. Now, the offensive line. You know, that's a problem. 
yeah, it, it's a problem. Now the Cincinnati Bengals showed you could go to the Super Bowl with an absolutely sloppy, terrible offensive line. How many didn't he, Devon? How many times did he get sacked, Joe Burrow, against your Tennessee Titans? Uh, nine times. <laughs> that was in a playoff game, was you guys. He the most sacked. Last year, I think he was like in the fifties, right? Yeah, he was the most sad quarterback to yeah. ever make it to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right now, so so that's you know you don't want to have to uh, overcome something like that, obviously. But I don't think the Raiders' offensive line is that bad, and I think it's there's 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 reasons uh, to at least be optimistic if you're a Raider fan that it's gonna be better. Uh, Fifty one. Fifty one sacks. Fifty one sacks last year. How, how many, many in the postseason does it? Can it show uh, that? I don't. Well, I mean, th- I think here it has seventy, so twenty-one in the postseason. That's that's, that's what I'm seeing uh, as far as the the entire length of the year. I think if I'm looking at it right, are, are the Bengals sustainable, Demond? I don't. I don't want to say no because they did win the division and make it to the Super Bowl, but I do think that that division is going to be a little bit tougher this year. Well, just with the Baltimore Ravens coming back, because I think it was their division last season, Baker Mayfield injured, Lamar Jackson out, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they aren't that dominant team. Big Ben was just throwing up ducks the whole time. Mm. So I do think that with Lamar Jackson coming back, there's going to be a little bit more competition in the AFC North. No doubt. But I don't know how good Lamar is going to be this season, you know, coming off of injury. Right. So I will give them, maybe they narrowly win the AFC North again. Yeah, but and I don't then, know if like that run that they had to go to the Super Bowl I mean, is going to be that was that was there was there was some good fortune along the way, right? Right, because I think when they just they had ten wins overall as well, right? And then yeah. they made it in, so they had to fight and claw to get there. Definitely, and claw. then they they, they you <laughs> know the Raiders almost Tigers. you know uh, pushed them to overtime. Uh, they had a couple of game winning kicks, you know mm-hmm. the and and the, mm-hmm. the Chiefs had them. I mean, I thought the Chiefs were going to win that game. So in in some ways that that Chiefs Bengals games were was more what the Chiefs did slash didn't do to hold on to win that game than what the Bengals did. So when you start when when I'm talking about sustainability, I'm talking about Super Bowl sustainability. The other thing too is when you think about the Ravens and bringing them up as being a top competitor. Sure, you can never count out Lamar Jackson and it's able to do with his legs on the field and this the. Uh, pure athleticism that helps him uh, continue drives. But when you get rid of Marquise Brown and you know you leave yourself, I think, a little exposed there at wide receiver with who you have with Rashad Bateman and um, and uh, De- Devin Durbinay, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Uh, Mark Andrews is great. And there's Definitely. very few guys ranked up in the 90s in PFF, and Mark Andrews is one of them. There's a guy... I wouldn't end. put. I wouldn't put. I, I saw Darren Waller do this podcast, and they went through all the the different tight ends, you know, and who was going to rank there. He had Mark Andrews on his list, but he and I was glad he did this. Darren Waller put himself as number. I one. love it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, if you believe it, if you don't believe it, nobody else is going to believe it. You have it. to you, believe in yourself. Who else is going to do that? No doubt about it. And yeah. um, that's. That usually is what ends up getting people to where they need to be is by believing uh, in themselves. So uh, good on Darren for being honest uh, about it. And you can make the case that he is the best tight end uh, in, in the NFL. And, and it'll, that's what makes this so intriguing to me by bringing Devontae Adams in here is that I think you're creating – it's different, but it's also can be something similar to what the Kansas City Chiefs had going on with Tyreek. Um, and Travis Kelsey, it's a, it, it's going to look different, but yeah. in terms of what what is absolutely the same is is uh, the pressure uh, or the attention that now Devonte takes off of Darren Waller, right. that Tyreek took off of Travis Kelsey, and vice versa. And so theoretically, that should open up Darren Waller to potentially even have a bigger year. 
right? And, and this is there's not a lot of teams that can effectively, I think, deploy a nice 12 or 13 personnel on the field that have the weapons to be able to make that look the, the way that it should, you know, to be aligned properly. And I think that, you know, the Raiders can do that, especially with uh, Foster, Darren. They have these other guys that they're bringing in as well. Um, the, it would be great on that line. Yeah, that you bring up a good point. Uh, the Foster, Darren, um, Devontae, Hunter, mm-hmm. and then whoever the back is, let's say just Josh Jacobs. Right. That's going to be a pretty interesting tandem right mm-hmm. there. And that's why, because I get asked this a lot. Uh, in terms of who's the number three wide receiver, who's the number three wide receiver, who's the number three wide receiver. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of times where a number three wide receiver isn't even on the field. Right. I think it's going to be two tight ends, two wide receivers, and a and a um, and a wide receiver. Especially, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. And when you think about the McDaniel's offense and how a lot of times it works in ten yard increments, mm-hmm. ten yard, it, obviously. You know, if, First and ten, whatever. But you know what I'm saying. Like he doesn't go on to these, you know, mid range field kind of designs unless they have to. Right. It's more of the, the short game that they look at within that that short frame, and that would be great for you know what you talked about with that um, personnel on the field. But then if you add, let's say, a Demarcus Robinson, you take and out you a need, tight end maybe yeah. and put put in yeah. yeah. Th- then your third wide receiver, and and that third wide receiver could be Demarcus. It could be Keelan, yeah, uh, and it could be Mac, Matt, Matt Collins, right. and I think the situation is going to kind of dictate that. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think like we were talking about bringing in uh, Odell uh, Beckham uh, for the Raiders. That would be obviously spectacular um, in a lot of different ways, but I don't necessarily think that they 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 need to do that. If if I'm trying to improve the Raiders, I'm looking at the offensive line. I'm looking at maybe the interior, of the defensive line. We'll see where um, the cornerbacks kind of play out. Where what the health is of Trayvon Mullen. So I'd rather if I was the Raiders go in that direction than going and bringing in Od- Odell. Um, but uh, but but man, when you start thinking about what Foster can mean too situationally uh, in that 12 personnel, um, it could get pretty exciting uh, for the Raiders. It's the Morning Tailgate Show with Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Damon Cotton. Now back to the Morning Tailgate with Clay Baker on RNR 920 AM. Be part of the show. Text us on the Salmon Ash text line. Text the keyword RNR followed by your message to 69187. Welcome back to the Raider. Welcome back to uh, the Morning Tailgate Show. Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Damon Cotton. We're going to go out to uh, the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in Jennifer Brawley. Who? Hi. How's it going, Jennifer Brawley? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, we have uh, exciting news to talk about with the opening of the latest Raider Image Store in downtown Summerlin. How long have you guys been open? We've been open since the middle of February. And um, how are things going? I love Summerlin, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm in Henderson. Uh, moved here from California a couple of years ago, but uh, love spending time in Summerlin. How are things going uh, with the new store? Great, great. Yesterday was our grand opening, our first day of grand opening, and it was very successful. Had a lot of people out there. It was a really good time. So. What's it been like now having this store open for a while and seeing the sales go on, especially when Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones became part of the team? Like how many of their jerseys have gone off the shelves? Are you having an <laughs> issue keeping them in stock? Yes, yes, we are actually. Transfers coming through every single week. So, yes, sales are amazing. 
Um, but definitely, yeah, it's, it's a it's a great store. It's a beautiful store. I'm new to Vegas as well. Just moved here um, in February from California as well. So loving it here. Love Summerlin, and the store is just amazing. Jennifer, uh, I'm hearing um, that there might be a little bit of a new logo. It's not replacing uh, the Raider, the uh, traditional Raider logo, but it's kind of, um, you know, uh, a companion uh, logo. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. So it's called Two Swords. We just launched it, um, and we had great sales from it yesterday. We have hats and keys. We have a sweatshirt. So, yes, that was just added to our, our line. When you have these stores kind of opening up around the valley and seeing, like you said, you just did move here from the Bay, but when you have the Raiders kind of reestablishing themselves, bringing the roots in to town, obviously there's the Raider Image store that's right there at the stadium, uh, but as you start to see the growth of the team here, how much do you start to notice that the local communities like Summerlin have really bought into the Raiders being here in Las Vegas? Yes, I mean, in, in just my short time here, I see that. Um, fans are excited that we're here. You know, they're coming to the stores, they're going to the games, they're looking forward to each season. So I definitely see growth since we, we moved here, but it's been really good. Yeah, I was going to ask the same question. Uh, whenever I go into a Raider Image store, there's uh, it's, it's usually pretty pretty packed. Um, yes. and, and I always often wonder um, how much uh, is it of fans that are coming in from out of town because obviously Las Vegas is a great tourist area and people go to Summerlin or uh, they go to the uh, uh, town square um, to you know check things out and obviously to the stadium, Allegiant Stadium. Um, but are you starting to see more of the local community being involved in this? Yes, definitely. I mean, this definitely is a destination but we do have a lot of uh, fans coming in, and, and in Summerlin, it's more of your local. So I personally am seeing in Summerlin that it's, it's really a lot of local people coming in and excited to get the gear and to get to the game, looking forward to the new season. Is there anything that we can expect coming forward, like maybe a player coming in to do some signings of anything and big events coming up for the store? I mean, you just said you had the grand opening, but what else have you got going on? Any players coming up? Yeah, so actually yesterday we did have the Raiderettes there, and then we also had Jay Schroeder that was there yesterday, and then tomorrow we will have Leo Gray that will be there from 3 uh -huh. to 5. Uh, yes, and then the Raiderettes will also be there tomorrow from 11 to 1. So All right, yeah. awesome. That's at the uh, Summerlin uh, site, so uh, if you want to go see the Raiderettes. Uh, and some former Raider players uh, tomorrow. Uh, the, the the downtown Summerlin Raider Image Store is the place to be. Uh, last question for me, uh, Jennifer. It's never too early uh, to start thinking about Christmas. I know we just hit July, but you know, uh, Christmas is a big one. And uh, yeah, we're also talking about birthdays and 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 all that type of things, all that type of stuff. But uh, keeping in mind the holiday season that's uh, probably right around the corner, or feels like it. Um, any any uh, tips on some uh, great items to get, uh, whether it's children, a loved one, a friend, that type of thing? Yes, actually, we carry a little bit of everything um, for everyone, from infant to we have golf, you know, accessories. We have a little bit of everything. Jerseys are a really big hit, obviously, tees and hats. Um, but we do have the sale going on through Tuesday, which is 20% off of the whole store, including all of our crystal. So good time to get in there and get your Christmas going. 
Okay, so last one for me is just wondering what kind of big ticket item do you have? Something that's really like maybe it could bring some nostalgia to people. Anything that could be a collector's item that might uh, be interesting to Raider fans at Raider Nation to go up there to really go take a look at and maybe uh, put a purchase down on it. You know, we do have the throwback jerseys, so great time to get those. Like I said, we have a sale going on. Um, but we have the crystal is really a cool item, um, exclusive. So those are pretty much, you know, the things that we have going on right now. Awesome. Uh, Jennifer Brawley, thank you so much for spending part of your morning uh, with the Morning Tailgate Show. Uh, go check them out at the Raider Image Store. Uh, grand opening was this week. Uh, they're over in downtown Summerlin. And if you get out there tomorrow, uh, you're going to see some Raiderettes and some former Raider players, along with getting a chance to, uh, uh, to pick through some great uh, Raider items. Jennifer, thank you very much. Have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That was Jennifer Brawley from the Raider Image Store in downtown Summerlin. It's the morning uh, tailgate show with Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Damon Cotton. Hot, 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 hot. The grill is still sizzling and the drinks are cold. So let's get back to your morning tailgate with Clay Baker on RNR 920 AM. We continue to talk about rosters. We're talking about USC, UCLA moving to the Big Ten. I mean, let that just sit in your brain, on your brain, in your brain, on your brain. I don't know, whatever. Insane in the membrane. It is insane. In the, but insane. Think about, like, USC, you know, playing. And when you think about the Big Ten now, by the way, it's not we, we automatically think of Michigan, Ohio State, mm-hmm. Michigan State, Minnesota, Iowa. Yeah. Um, but you got to also throw Penn State in there. Penn State's in the Big Ten. Nebraska is in the Big Ten. Rutgers is in the Big Ten. Uh, <laughs> Maryland is in the Big Ten. So even the Big Ten, when we think of the Big Ten, it's not even the Ten anymore. No, it's right? like the Big Twenty. It's the Big Yeah. Um, <laughs> so while and for me, being the optimist that I that I am, and uh, I am intrigued about. You know, some of these teams coming out to play at the Rose Bowl, some of these teams coming out to play um, at the L.A. Coliseum, and then, of course, USC and UCLA going into the cold uh, in late October, November to go play a Michigan or an Ohio State or Wisconsin. Um, that's going to be kind of fun. But then there's then you start thinking about, are we really fired up about USC against Rutgers? <laughs> Is anyone ever fired up about Rutgers? That's what Uh, you know. What? Thank you very much, Heidi Fang, because somebody asked that question and they're like, "Oh, great!" You know, USC uh, uh, Rutgers, and I'm like, "But you could say that about whoever Rutgers. Nothing against (laughs) Rutgers, but come on." Spend a lot of time on the East Coast. There are some people fired up about Rutgers. Yes, but like, but 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 at the same time, if you go to the SEC, is anyone really mm -hmm. fired up about Kentucky football? Not really. It's not that riveting. Um, No. And the thing, too, we were talking about as we kind of wrapped that first segment earlier when we were talking about this move is what does that do to the trickle down? Who do you move into the Pac-12? Are you going to take Boise State? Are you going to take some of the Mountain West teams? Does maybe the Pac-12 just 
disband? Maybe everyone. No, maybe I don't think so. They, they got too much going on it. Like you were talking about financials, money, things like that. Um, recruiting tools for these schools. It makes, I think, uh, you know. Maybe the I, Pac-12 I know and the Big are, 12 combined. Yeah, at that. And that's, again, back to Amir Abdullah's tweet. It's going to be two conferences by 2030. I, I think I think yeah. he's definitely on to something. Mm-hmm. I don't know about two, but maybe maybe yeah, like the three. Five. Like the major, six. yeah, because it's the power five, right? Right. That's what yeah. that's what it is. But yeah, group of five, power five. Yeah, and then you talk. It, it just there's yeah. no, yeah, yeah. I mean, because the Big Twelve lost Texas and Oklahoma and Texas A and M recently. It's just it's, I can't even keep up. To be, I I literally have to look it up sometimes. I mean, it's before you could know it, like the back of your hand, right. like you're saying with the 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 schools that you. You naturally associate with the Big Ten, like Nebraska and Ohio, you know, those guys. They're always thinking these are the ones. But then you go in and think about um, just adding West Coast schools to that. I never would have thought, never right. would have thought USC would be a part of the Big Ten. Like, I didn't think that Or, would I mean, let's face it, Maryland. Maryland's in the ACC. Maryland's right on the Atlantic coast, right? So them being in the big the Big Ten makes no sense. Just Neither does feel. Rutgers. No. Um, uh, so m- maybe that's what happens. Maybe the Big Ten, maybe the Pac twelve and the and the Big Twelve um, combine. I, I have a feeling you're going to see some of that going on. Yeah. For me, it's more about the smaller conferences and divisions and and things like that. Trying to figure out who moves up and then how do you fill those spots. Right. It's going to create this whole trickle down effect. I think that's going to kind of ripple through football for a while. It is nuts, uh, and it is the morning tailgate show with Vinny Bonsignor, Heidi Fang, and Demond Cotton. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news. All TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right. TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.